0: I'm so glad that you're all here today. I was just thinking that it's so wonderful and amazing to hear and to see how the Lord is working in our midst. uh, To hear testimonies like from Tammy and Billy of how the how the Lord is working in their lives, and then to hear uh, the ways that people are praying and reading scriptures. And uh, so, I just am praying today that we're all blessed to continue in that growth today as I share the word of the Lord with you. So we've been on a journey through the book of Acts. It's the exciting story of the early church and how it grew after Jesus' ascension to heaven. The apostles have experienced many wonderful things happening. The Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost. Thousands of people have believed in Jesus. And the church has been growing rapidly. The kingdom of God has been bursting onto the scene. Jesus' power has been on full display for those who love him, and we've seen the sick healed, demons driven out, and the kingdom of darkness being pushed back. The believers have also seen their share of hardships, as we've seen the painful pattern that Paul had as he was traveling from town to town, where he would have some success and have some fruit, but then something would happen And he would be either kicked out of that town, beaten, or jailed, or um, just maligned. And then he would do it again in the next place. So last week, we heard from Pastor Gina about the, the group of believers that Paul encountered at Ephesus. They had heard the message of John the Baptist, but they hadn't heard the rest of the story about Jesus. When they did, they believed and they were baptized and they received the Holy Spirit into their lives the person and the work of the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and they were empowered for ministry. They found out that when we're connected to Jesus, his life flows through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Along with Paul, they would experience much fruit that flowed out of their relationship with Jesus, as we'll find out later in this message. Let's open our Bibles and read our scripture for today, which is Acts 19, 8 through 20. It's on page 1725 in the Bibles in Your Seats. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples and with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that he touched were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews, and in other translations they call them traveling Jewish exorcists, went around driving out evil evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. And another quick note, the actual uh, Greek would be better translated as had a demon uh, because possession is a lot less common than having a demon or being oppressed by a demon. They would say, In the name of of Jesus, who Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus... They were seized with fear, and the name of Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. This is the word of the Lord. So Rebecca and I have just bought an instant pot. They're all the rage in new kitchen appliances. Sounds like a lot of you know what, what that is. It's a pressure cooker that's supposed to make meals really quickly and make our lives way easier. In researching which one to get, Rebecca found an article called Seven Easy Steps for Instant Pot Setup. Here are the steps that they listed. Number one, take it out of the box. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Number two, set up the inner pot. Number three, check your Instant Pot lid. Uh, Number four, set up the trivet, which is the part that goes inside the pot. Number five, install the condensation collector. Number six, plug in the power cord. And number seven, turn it on. Now, you'd think that all of those things are a given, but as I read on, I found out that it's actually really easy to miss something and to have a problem. Then the Instant Pot doesn't work the way it's supposed to. The article went on to say, a common problem some new users face is when the Instant Pot wouldn't turn on. They thought it was broken, but in fact, it was simply a loose plug with a bad power connection. Imagine calling customer service and saying, This thing isn't working. And they ask you, well, did you plug it in? Would you feel insulted? But then you look and you see, oh, it's not plugged in. I guess I'll plug it in. And when you do, you see these little beeps and lights come on, and you're so happy. Oh, our next meal is going to be really soon. (laughs) I think that our relationship with Jesus is like an instant pot. When the Instant Pot's plugged in and turned on and everything is properly installed, then it works great and it makes amazing food. But if the Instant Pot isn't taken out of the box, or something isn't put together right, or it's not plugged in or turned on, then it doesn't work. So in our text, we read about several groups of people who weren't living out their kingdom purpose of bringing his love, life, and healing because they were missing a connection and a relationship with Jesus. The first group was the Jews at the local synagogue. The Jews were God's chosen people. They were supposed to be the nation that brought all of the other nations to God. They had been given the law of God, and they had God's prophets, and they were waiting for the Messiah, who was supposed to free them and be that person who brought the nations together. Paul always sought out the Jews because he knew that they needed to hear the good news that Jesus was their Messiah. So for three months, he went there and he preached the gospel boldly and argued persuasively with them about the kingdom of God. He had done this so many times before. And sadly, we see that the result was much the same. Like many of the other Jews that Paul had encountered in his ministry The more they heard, the harder their hearts became until they turned on Paul and they started to malign him and speak badly of him in public. Even though they should have been advancing God's kingdom, they were producing this bad fruit and pushing Paul away and speaking badly. Even though Paul was offering them this gift of faith in Jesus, they didn't want to take it out of the box. Let alone plug it in and turn it on. So they missed out on being connected to Jesus and failed to be the light that he had intended them to be. Another group of Jews heard about Paul's ministry and was attracted to Jesus' power. Jesus attracted hundreds and thousands because of the life that flowed through him. And now he's doing that through Paul. So many people are seeing this life flowing. The seven sons of Sceva traveled around casting demons out of people by using incantations and enchanted objects that had been passed down to them throughout generations. I imagine that they were zealous for the kingdom of God and for the pushing back of the kingdom of darkness. They saw that Paul was driving out demons in Jesus' name, and they obeyed. It was a new way to advance God's kingdom, and so they were excited to take it out of the box, put it all together, but they didn't plug it into the source, Jesus. One day they met a man with a demon and they tried to cast it out using Jesus' name, but adding whom whom Paul preaches. The demon could easily see that they weren't connected to the power source, the source of all authority, Jesus. So it wasn't compelled to obey. It said that it knew Jesus. Even the demons acknowledge his power and authority. And it knew of Paul a follower of Jesus, but it didn't know these guys. So it gave them the worst beating of their lives, humiliated them, and probably ended their career as traveling exorcists. Worst of all, though, is that the man re- remained in bondage to this powerful demon. Had these men actually turned to Jesus, had a relationship with him, this man would have been set free like so many others were in Paul's ministry. Instead, he remained trapped in darkness, and they remained separated from Jesus. The last group that we see are some believers who were involved in magic and occult practices in Ephesus. These were probably people who heard Paul's message and believed in Jesus as their savior. But they were trying to be in Jesus while hanging on to their old ways that weren't surrendered to him. See, Ephesus was a center for occult worship and for idol worship. People came from all over the world to worship the false god Artemis. And idol worship was an every, everyday way of life there. By combining this false worship and occult practices with Jesus, they had added to the gospel things from the kingdom of the darkness this would have been a block to their connection with Jesus. And they missed out on a deep relationship with him that would expose those dark things and set them free. It's like they were trying to use the instant pot, plugged it in, but they put a different inner pot inside or a different lid on so that when they turned it on, it wouldn't function right and might even blow up because of the pressure. Just like these groups that we see malfunctioning in Ephesus, we don't experience the fullness of Jesus' power to bring life and healing and freedom without having a relationship with Him. We can try to accomplish things on our own, and sometimes we even have some success. But if we aren't connected and in relationship with the source of the power and life, then our efforts ultimately fall flat. If we aren't in a close relationship with Jesus, then we can be blocked, led astray, and we can lose our sense of direction and purpose. And then we may cause even more harm than good because we might be good at meeting physical needs, but we're not meeting spiritual needs and seeing people set free spiritually. In John 15, Jesus compares himself to a vine. He says, Remain in me, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you may bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. We need to remain in Jesus. So the vine is the main stock; it's connected to the roots, and the roots and the vine stock keep all of the branches that are connected to it alive. It's their food supply. And if they're cut off, then they they wither and die. They starve. A branch may even look like it's still connected or maybe broken off. Maybe it's just hanging by a thread. But if it's not connected, then it withers and dies. Then no fruit is produced. So what is this fruit that Jesus is talking about here? Certainly, he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit that transform our inner character. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus guides us and gifts us through the Holy Spirit. But I think that we've often underemphasized the fruit of impacting the world for Jesus by leading people out of darkness and into Christ. The measure of fruitfulness in the kingdom of God is whether the life of Jesus is flowing through us to lead people out of darkness, bind up broken hearts, and to make disciples of all nations. Unfortunately, there are many things that can block us from having a relationship with Jesus and from experiencing this inner growth and this outward fruit for the kingdom. If we haven't accepted his free gift of salvation by grace through faith, then we're cut off from him. It's like not having our power cord connected so nothing will function. Or perhaps we've turned to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but we don't really have much of a relationship with him. We let ourselves get too busy, we're overcommitted, we spend too much time on our technology. Our days get so jam-packed that we forget to talk with and experience Jesus throughout the day. Or maybe we just go through the motions, trying to look like we have everything together, doing all the things out of a sense of obligation rather than devotion. We may experience a spiritual attack that's meant to separate us from Jesus. But instead of turning to help from Jesus, we often withdraw deeper into ourselves and we don't experience his freedom fruit and healing a while ago i was noticing that whenever it rained water was spilling over the top of the gutters on the garage after seeing this i ignored it for a long time but i finally got fed up with it and decided to find out what was wrong i had to dig through a whole bunch of slime and grime and leaves and debris until i finally got to that blockage it was a golf ball Who knows how it got there? (laughs) It had slowed down the flow of the water through that spout to just a trickle, so none of the water was going where it was supposed to go. When our relationship with Jesus is blocked, it's like we're plugged into the power source, but there are things missing, like the inner pot or the lid, and so we aren't able to live out the purpose that God has for us. Thankfully, though, we can see that there is hope by looking at the lives of Paul and the believers in our text today. See, Paul had a close relationship with Jesus, and the Holy Spirit's power flowed through him to bring God's kingdom to earth. After being rejected by the Jews, Paul went and spent two years talking about Jesus with the people in Ephesus. Paul's preaching was accompanied by the power of the Holy Spirit And through this power, people were healed and demons were driven out. God was bringing his kingdom in mighty new ways, freeing people from physical and spiritual bondage. The power of the Holy Spirit was so strong in Paul that these handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and they were cured and evil spirits left them. This was all possible because Paul was connected and had a deep relationship with Jesus. See, Paul had met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he had spent many years focused on his relationship with Jesus. We know from Paul's letters to the churches that he spent a lot of time in prayer, and he was constantly connected with Jesus in prayer. He made himself available to be used by the Holy Spirit wherever he went, and he welcomed the gifts that the Holy Spirit had for him to use for the advancement of God's kingdom. He continued to ask the Lord to remove blockages from his life that kept him from experiencing Jesus fully. He experienced the inner fruit and the outer fruit that a branch on a vine produces when it's well-connected, just like an instant pot that's well put together, properly connected, and turned on. The fruit that Paul experienced in Ephesus turned out to be really extraordinary, probably even more than he could have imagined. Surely Paul and the believers who had received the Holy Spirit in last week's text were praying for revival in the city, for the smashing of strongholds and of the idol worship and the false power that were there. Their prayers were powerful because they were intimately connected with Jesus and God brought about a massive deliverance in the city. In a twist that no one could have seen coming, the failed deliverance by the sons of Sceva started a wave and outpouring of God's spirit that broke the power of darkness. When the people heard about what happened, they were seized with fear and they held Jesus' name in high honor. They realized Jesus is the real deal. All power and authority come from him. The believers who were still holding on to their old ways uh, came and they were compelled to confess those things and to get rid of the, the blockages and the things that kept them in bondage. They confessed all of their evil deeds and they burned their magic scrolls. These scrolls were each one of a kind and altogether they were worth millions of dollars. But it didn't matter to them because they saw the fruit that they would gain by having those blockages cleared out. They were set free from their bondage and they came into a relationship with Jesus that pr- produced a lot of fruit, which propelled the gospel to spread far and wide and to grow in power. We can experience the same move of the Spirit Because when we are deeply connected to Jesus, the Holy Spirit works out his purpose in us and brings his kingdom. We all start off separated by Jesus from sin. But Jesus promised that by grace through faith, he adopts us as son and daughters. He grafts us into that vine that he talked about. And he promised that he would be with us through the power of the Holy Spirit when we accept his love and lordship in our lives, it's like we're plugging into the power source. Then the relationship starts, and we must nurture it and pursue it. Relationship is about getting to know Jesus intimately, not just knowing about him, but knowing him deep within our inner being. Knowing Jesus unites our spirit with his And it opens up the flow of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Then we grow personally, and our gifts outwardly are able to be used for the growing and the advancement of his kingdom. Relationships do take time and effort. And so we need to highly value and practice slowing down our lives and rearranging our priorities to spend time with God. We need to be connected with him throughout the day. I recently was privileged to hear our church's elders share about their spiritual growth and relationships with the Lord and how they stay connected. And here are just a few of the ways that they gave. Reading the Bible, meditating on it, and studying it with friends and groups. Praying throughout the day. Prayer is a conversation which includes sharing our praises Adoration and requests, but also listening to Jesus and getting to know his voice. Praying scriptures over yourself, praying in the spirit and praying with others. Listening to praise and worship music. And setting your mind on what is above and asking God what he has for you each and every day. Most of the elders agreed that they would have loved to have started doing these things even sooner that they wished that they would have made more time for a relationship with Jesus when they were younger. Now, we do need to watch out here for a trap of the enemy, which seeks to make this a Jesus plus type of a message. See, there's only one way to be saved, and that's through faith in Jesus. All of these other things are good practices that to help us to grow in our relationship with him and to nurture that and to remain connected. But doing those things doesn't earn us salvation, nor does not doing them make us lose our salvation. It's a matter of how closely connected we are with Jesus, the source of our life and joy. If you already know Jesus and are feeling like you want a deeper relationship with him, recommit yourself to Jesus and ask him to breathe new life into you and your relationship with him. Commit to spending time with him, practicing some of the spiritual disciplines that I mentioned earlier, with delight rather than obligation. Ask him for opportunities to use you to advance his kingdom, just like he gave Billy this morning, and so many of us have experienced recently. Don't wait until you feel perfectly ready for those things. Step out, and he will make you grow. He will use you to advance his kingdom through the power of the Holy Spirit that's flowing in and through you. If you do know Jesus and you desire to grow, but you feel like you're stuck or blocked, then ask Jesus to heal and remove blockages from your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. When I tried to remove the golf ball from the gutter, it was really hard. I couldn't get a tool around it. It was so tight. I had to pry and wiggle, and finally, after a long time of working, I got it out. But then, the water was able to flow freely through that spout and go where it was supposed to go. Consider what you might need to give up that isn't contributing to your spiritual health so that you can have a relationship with Jesus. And one thing that I'm going to add here that I was handed this morning is a, a short prayer that can be used to renounce and confess some of these things. And so I'm just going to read that to you. If this, if you're feeling like this is something that Jesus is calling you to do, this is a prayer that you can offer up to him and maybe pray with, pray with one of our prayer partners. It says, Lord Jesus, I confess that I have participated in whatever that is, and I renounce them as counterfeits and false guidance. I resolve with reliance on the Holy Spirit to turn away from them. Thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Maybe there are some of you here today who aren't connected to Jesus at all, who haven't experienced the joy of salvation yet. Consider taking a step into God's stream of grace and let him transform you to make you a conduit of his love, power, and authority so that others can experience that too. If you'd like to be connected to Jesus for the first time and start a lifelong relationship with him, don't hesitate to give your life to him today because today is the day of salvation. He's been waiting for you to turn to him. So start a relationship with him today. Our prayer teams will be available after the service for anyone who is feeling the call to recommit or to remove blockages or to ask Jesus in for the first time. So I would like to end by having us take, all take a moment or two of silence and ask the Lord, what is he calling us to do? And how is he calling us to respond to this message? I'll open us with prayer and then we'll spend those few moments with him. Jesus, we thank you so much for the ways that you work and that you have a special purpose for each one of us. Lord, I pray that you would show each one of us how you're calling us to respond to this message, how we can be connected to you, and to have all of our pieces and parts functioning properly so that your life can flow in and through us to advance your kingdom on earth.